Mike is not hot. There we go. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Lost in the Long Box for Wednesday, June 26th. I am your host, Randall. I've got my partners in crime over here. Thomas. And Enos. And Madman's working the board back there for us. How is everybody? Doing well. Doing good. Uh, and just before we start going here, because I realized I hadn't done mine and my mic is not hot again. It's hot. Yours is loud. Okay. Turn your headphones up. Okay. Okay. Um, as I was going to say, make sure you mute your cell phone because I just realized before we went live that mine wasn't. <laughs> Mine's good. All right. Awesome. So everyone had a good weekend, eh? Oh, yeah. Hey. I'm trying to remember if anything happened that I wanted to to talk about, and I don't have anything. This was the wife's birthday weekend, so we went out quite a bit and did some dinner things and spent some time with some family and stuff. It was a good time. Oh, Awesome. All right, so let's go ahead and just jump right into the news. The, the news worth knowing, not really. Um, so Spider-Man Far From Home runtime has been dropped to 129 minutes. So that's basically two hours and nine minutes. That's yeah. Those of us who did Avengers Endgame, that's a cakewalk. Oh, that's yeah. right. <laughs> I can do that in my sleep. Yep. Man, two hours and nine minutes in Endgame, I was just finishing that second Coke. It's amateur hour. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys going to um, SGCC? Um, nobody in this room. That's for sure. Some of our listeners out there might be going. Um, the Russo brothers, uh, the famed directors of the uh, Avengers movies, are actually going to be doing a panel in the famous Hall H at SDCC. Um, I can't remember the day. I, I didn't take that note. I think it's on Friday. Those of you going to SDCC, you already know. You probably have it on the schedule. Hall H, if you guys know, that's the one where you end up camping out literally the night before for a, a, a panel. So. Yeah, one of these years I do want to get up to um – San Diego Comic Con. Well, I already told you guys if I ever get there, y'all with me. That's right. First, the first um, op- the first invite I get will be the guys carrying his damn bags. No, I no, to, I have no problem riding his coattails. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, if he becomes more successful than me, I have no problem being in his entourage and riding. They're supposed to going to be fine. discussing they, their works on the Avengers movies and, of course, whatever their upcoming projects are. Um, I don't know. Have they been handed the keys to the kingdom for MCU for Phase Four? I pretty much think that. Uh, I mean, I, I pretty much think they have. I don't I know think if it's they've been official or not. Given the keys and said, yeah. "Go wild with it." So I guess we'll find out. Yeah. Okay. So last week, remember I mentioned that um, the latest house had from Marvel made me really excited for Powers of X and House of X. And yes. I yes. I'd you were talking about that. They actually pick them up. Well, now they've managed to kill it for me already. Oh wow! So that didn't take long. <laughs> well, and just a week. Yeah. Well, well here's why. Um, I read that apparently House of X is going to reunite the original five X-Men. Awesome. That's good. Except they're from all different eras of the team. Yeah, no. So then I'm like, Say okay. Say what? So apparently the artwork is going to show us it's Cyclops from the Bendis Uncanny X-Men run. It is the feline version of Beast from the Grant Morrison new X-Men run. Apparently it's the Jean Grey from the old Jim Lee, Chris Claremont's 90s X-Men run. And then Angel and Iceman look more like the original first class roster, and Charles Xavier is in his Harvard chair. Oh. So I'm like, well, you managed to kill that concept already. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind them getting the original team back together, but I want them as they are right now. Right. I, and I'm really kind of hoping that maybe that's just a, a publicity thing and it's just the art that's not the actual story. Yeah. Because while I really did enjoy all new X-Men that Bendis was doing, that was a book that you knew had a, a finite run because at some point they had to go back to the past. Did, yeah. you, did you read that series? I did for a little bit. I didn't right. read the whole series. I liked it. It was really good. What I was reading on it was really good. I did like it. 
Right, and and that's had I had the feeling that's the same thing. They're they're going to take all these X Men from a different time eras and I throw them together in a team. I like the 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 the, the any, by any means necessary to protect mutant kind Cyclops too. Right, I uh, thought I thought that that he really kept turned into a total badass during that time period. And I also found out, um, and I guess I probably should have known this going in. Um, it looks like it's only a, a five or six issue series, both of them. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming he's laying the groundwork for the new team, and then after both of them complete their runs, they'll, they'll start new ongoings. Yeah. But yeah, uh, unfortunately, if they are going to do the whole mishmash of all the different eras, I think I'm out already, which is kind of sad because, like I said, they actually had my interest peaked. Oh, well. Hey, those of you who really like the Jim Corrigan Spectre, mm-hmm. he's coming back, Detective 1006. Oh, oh boy. There you yeah. go. Apparently, he has been missing since the New 52 reboot. Hmm. Yeah, and that's been what, like, like uh, eight years eight now. Years. So, that's, I mean, I always kind of liked that character. I liked him, too, but I bet you, you know, with his power levels and everything, he's probably not the easiest character to write for. He's not. Well, plus two. You know what book he was really great in, I mean, just fantastic, was Kingdom Come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a great story, and he fit perfectly for that. So, you know... Um, Vertigo actually did get uh, shut down. We didn't actually get this storyline until after, but they actually did exactly what we were saying they were going to do. They're going to absorb everything into the Black Label, which is fine. But Karen Berger, the senior editor who actually started the Vertigo line um, in 93, replied on that closing this week. Uh, And I actually put it here. I'll give her her props. She basically slung some arrows without actually calling them idiots. She says, corporate thinking and creative risk-taking don't mix, DC. <laughs> Mixing Vertigo was a long time uh, coming. Says, But, hey, we changed the game, and we had blast doing it. Honored to have worked with so many incredibly talented creators and editors, and thanks to all you fab readers. So she was like, "Who did, you know, we saw the writing on the wall. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you can't get creative and also keep the purse strings tight at DC without them raising a fit. Which, though, here's, here's what's funny. So apparently she actually left D.C. in 2012, and she went to Dark Horse and started um, what they call Burger Books over at Dark Horse in 2017, which, by the way, one of those books was Girl in the Bay that you and I really liked. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, wow. So, which was an excellent series. Right. And I actually, because when I was reading this, that she went and did Burger Books, and she said it was the same type of criteria. She wanted to bring in unique writers and artists for different series. I immediately thought Girl in the Bay. Let me go look this up, and sure enough, right there in the corner is a Burger Books uh, symbol. Yeah, so. so if you guys haven't checked out Girl in the Bay, you should. I, I'm kind of really hoping that gets revisited somehow. I, I, yeah. I, w- I would like to see a second part to that. That was a really great series. So those of you who like Doctor Strange, um, sorry, bad news. That book is getting canceled after issue 20 in September. It'll be Why back in December surprised. with It'll be issue back, one. What, uh, January? Yes. Well, uh, here's what's funny is um, the quote is uh, – because, you know, it's being written by Mark Wade, and I guess the artist is Jesus Saez. Um, but they were quoted as saying that the epic event that's taking place in Doctor Strange is going to shake him to his core and reevaluate his life and his role. Again. So mm-hmm. I, I'm assuming that means Sorcerer so, Supreme is going to be gone. So we're canceling the book to bring it back in December with 38 new that's covers. exactly what it sounds like, right. So And you're going to take him through... Being Sorcerer Supreme, not being Sorcerer Supreme, and the journey back to being Sorcerer Supreme again with the book to end to start all over again. You know, and here's here's my problem. I kind of hate really saying this because this this has such great potential to be a character. I don't think they've known what to do with Doctor Strange since the the 80s with that Baxter series with the whole Faust gambit. 
series. I think they reached the pinnacle with that storyline, and went, well, now what do we do? Well, and he's also another one that's, that's a really powerful character. Right. right. So they, they had the same problem with Doctor Strange that DC has with Doctor Fate. Yeah. How do you make this character interesting and not play into the fact that he knows all, can be all, sees all? Right. Just like Jim Corrigan and the Spectre. Yeah, right. it could be the all-powerful member of the DC Universe or, yeah, I mean, or the Marvel Universe. And, and one of the things that um, you were talking about, great runs, the, the best runs on Doctor Strange was when Steve Englehart and Frank Bruner were working on. That was when we were introduced to Silver Dagger, mm-hmm. and we and the Ancient One became um, got um, was killed off. And um, there was a I can't remember who wrote it, but um, there was this guy who used to be the artist of the X Men. His name was Paul Smith. Right, I know the name. Um, he had a spectacular run as the artist of Doctor Strange, and we and they really delved into. Um, the Dane Whitman Black Knight, mm, right? And um, during that time, that was during um when we were in high school. And Doctor Strange really hasn't had any. It's it's like they really haven't had any interesting stories that or 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 run that that would just like hold your interest like those did back then. And like um and like you know I was I was really excited when um they made him part of the like. I, it was like a group of Avengers where he became Sorcerer Supreme again, and I was looking for Doctor Strange to um to be to come back in a new series with Mike Diodato Jr. doing the art, but it didn't happen. Now was that does that tie into the new Avengers when they revealed the Illuminati? Because Strange yeah, was remembered, so. so that might have been when they revealed that he was Sorcerer Supreme again because right, he was yeah. with the Illuminati. Right. Because I want to say I even remember a bit with him mentioning Sorcerer Supreme. And one of the other Illuminati members said, I thought that was no longer. And he says, well, events have transpired or, or what have you. So I, I want to say that we find that out again during that run in right. the Illuminati. Right. So so th- remember last week, that Spider-Man countdown with the, the numbers in the web? Yes. Did you hear what that is? I did. Eric Larson. No. It's not. J.J. Abrams. J.J. Abrams. Abrams. And oh, his yes. son um, are doing a Spider-Man miniseries. Oh, okay. I'll be checking that out. With artist uh, Sarah Pacilli from uh, oh, Witchblade, right? Didn't she do Witchblade? She yes. did Witchblade, and she also did uh, the initial Miles Morales Spider-Man stories. Right, right. So Yeah, I'll be checking that out. It's five-issue miniseries. Apparently, they're giving him a new um, villain as well. Oh, that's good. Um, Cadaverous. Sounds like a, a ripoff of... Um, Abracadabra from The Flash? No. The... Uh, oh... Probably like Carrion or something like Carrion, that. Carrion, thank you. Carrion, yes. Carrion. Yeah. Sounds like it's another rotting corpse type of villain. Ah, so. yeah, could, yeah, cadaver. Yeah. Right. So, oh, well. Oh, and, and hey, Marvel, we're not done milking the money machine, are we? Did you hear we're actually going to get a Marvel Comics 1001? Wow. To okay. continue Marvel Comics 1000. Well, you may as well. I mean, they didn't have a Marvel Comics 1000. She so may as well do 1001 while you're on it. Right, and apparently, and there's a little more info here. I love how I read the solicitation for Marvel Comics 1001, and it gives away the fact that um, there's a villain called the Eternity Mask given away in Marvel Comics 1000. I'm like, well, you guys just screwed that up royally, didn't you? <laughs> we haven't seen 1000 yet. You've already told us that there's a villain and a, a storyline being done in it. So I'm, I'm going to be a hard pass on, on Marvel Comics 1000, hard pass. Oh. I think... I think that might be uh, a qualifier for Enos's "You Big Dummy" that you give away what's in one thousand with the solicit change for the next issue before we've even seen. Yeah, you kind of like what they did in Fantastic Four too. 
Okay. <laughs> 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 All right. <laughs> I'm going to have to compose myself. Tommy Tom got off another one, folks. Well, no. That, you weren't here for that. Yeah, you weren't here for that. This is back. <laughs> what, in, what was it? Our second show, second wasn't it? Third episode. Oh, yeah, my second God. or third episode. <laughs> we were At that point, we were still doing some comic book reviews for new comics that were coming out. And I had Fantastic Four 2. I'd read uh-huh. Fantastic Four 1 the previous week. Well, it was a pretty decent read until you get up to the end. Next to the last page. Next to the last page is an ad for Fantastic Four 3. Basically spoiling what's going to happen on the next page. So it gives away the ending before you're even able to read it. That smells, man. Well, it it was funny because it was literally the house ad for Fantastic Four 3. And you see someone with the FF are like, when did this happen? You flip the page and go, oh, right there. (laughs) Yeah. Because he pointed it out, and I'm like, I didn't notice that. Yeah, I pointed it out live on the air. Because <laughs> I was reading it, and I went back and looked at it, and I'm like, I'll be damned. <laughs> so, yeah, it was pretty good. Hey, you guys got anything news- newsworthy that you notice and want to talk about? I do have a little something. We'll try to get this, probably try to get this up on the, uh, on the, web, on the Facebook page. But uh, if you're in the Virginia area, they're doing casting call for a new walking film. I saw that. Series to be filmed in Virginia. They're apparently looking for extras. Um, so until we get something up on the uh, on the Facebook page, you can take a look online for that. It's happening in Richmond. Um, some of the things they're wanting from you is your name, phone number, email address, city and state, uh, union status, whether you're a SAG member or not. What um, is that? Oh, union age, status, SAG. Age, okay, I, I didn't catch that at first. Height, I'm... weight, clothing measurements for men and women, if you have tattoos, any specialty, movement, dance, athletic experience, um, what's your – schedule would be do you have a car so you can get back and forth to it right well they ask what kind of car you drive to and thinking why does that matter i don't know maybe they want to use it on the show who knows i'm about to say if you wreck my car and buy me a new one i'm all for that you oh, have yeah. right at it man. yeah yeah we can tear my car up the one that the one that kind of freaks me out doesn't freak me out back up rewind the the thing that i don't kind of get is why do they want to know your dance status if you know dance moves or i'm like Am I going to be waltzing on, on Walking Dead or something? No, no. Randy, you're not. You're going to be doing thriller dances. I, I, oh, that would be cool. Come it's, on. It's now. more like a, uh, a talent search as well. Maybe right. get my you're arm. Be doing thriller dances. Get my like... arm to fall off as I'm thriller dancing, just like in a video. So. <laughs> All right. <laughs> only, only our friends on YouTube could have seen that. Right. right exactly. <laughs> that only happens about once a year, folks. Oh yeah. Well, I we'll have to make sure we start. And so that's actually through uh, July through November, I noticed, too. So it hasn't yeah. started yet. No, it has not started yet. So you still have time to get into that if you want to try to be an extra on uh, the upcoming Walking Dead show. And I actually read that is a paying gig, too. Yeah. So. yeah. It doesn't oh. have a title what the show is going to be yet. But. No, no. But uh, I, and I noticed I read this somewhere before. The pay rate for SAG for actors is, is a huge uh, discrepancy, not a discrepancy, but a big gap if you have a line of dialogue as opposed to not. If you're just in the background, it's like a minimum pay. But if you actually get lines and say anything, the amount they pay you goes up greatly wow, okay. because, yeah, I don't know why, but I guess once you have a spoken word, then it's like they have to pay you a lot more. So hey, I'd, I'd, I'd do it just to be on TV. Well, there's always, there's always stories of extras who suddenly ad-lib a word and the take makes it to the film, and then the producers and the studio company get all ticked off because now they have to pay that guy more <laughs> so all righty any more news updates no good um before we move on i just want to mention if you are in virginia and you're up in northern virginia or you're in richmond you're in driving distance within fredericksburg on july 6th um, which is next saturday 
Uh, there is a Fredericksburg Comic and Toy Show here in Fredericksburg in the on Route 3 in the Fredericksburg Convention Center. Really easy to find. Just take 95 South, get off the Culpeper exit, and it's a right turn, and go right through Central Park all the way across, and easy to get to. If you're you look right it up, there. Yeah, if you look it up on Google, it's a easy, easy drive whether you're coming south or no, north. So. I know Tommy and I have tickets. I don't know if you bought your jet, Enos. Picking up. We'll be getting them tonight or tomorrow. Cool. Awesome. There we go. Yeah, we have our tickets. We plan to be there. Yes, uh, indeed. Fun, I'm fun. Look for their Marvel uh, Spotlight number eight with Captain Marvel. I, I'm, I heard it's actually going to be a, a decent show. I was talking to uh, our buddy over at Gateway today, mm-hmm. and he said it should be a decent show. So Pop Man is on pew, is on cue to be avail- be on one of the stars there. Who's Pop Man again? And he is an artist. I think he did... Uh, I want to say he did Ghost Rider two twenty ninety nine, okay. or he did that, or he did the one of the newer incarnations of the Spirit of Vengeance. Because they also announced another guest whose name I don't remember. What we'll do to um, listeners is we'll actually put the link for Fredericksburg Comic and Toy Show on our Facebook, so you guys can access yeah. that. Um, but they've announced another artist who's got a couple of um, I want to say semi big titles. Um, I think a couple of anime things. So. Just recently read that, so I need to find out who that is. But, again, we'll, we'll put that out there for you so you guys can uh, find that. Because if you go to the Facebook link for them, that's also where you get tickets. Right. Because um, it was a little confusing. And, and, of course, naturally, Randy and I will be there looking for Patsy Walker 95. Right. right. So and if you I, see someone get hit over the head with a steel chair, it's probably me hitting Randy the because the floor, he found it. But the two of us fighting because and one of us found the book. And if you see a big six-foot-four-inch black man Breaking with a Flash or Superman hat on, dying laughing with his phone in his hand, that's recording it. <laughs> recording it. Make sure you record it. Exactly. Recording it. So yeah. Yep, that'll be up on our YouTube page. Yeah, that'll be our YouTube most viewed video, hands down. <laughs> we'll have it well, late with the fight of the century. What'll <laughs> end up happening is it'll get ripped, and one's going to have the top half, one will have the bottom half. It'll be this everlasting decade fight. Like, are you going to send me the bottom half? No. no. Are you going to send me the top half? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> we'll settle it inside the 15-foot-high steel cage. Right. It'll be like... It'd be like the the babies and Sullivan. Okay, the real owner. I'll go Jimmy Snook on him. Be if I rip the comic in half. So. <laughs> oh my God. I know, right? You know what's going to happen? The day that one of us actually finds that book, the other one's just going to give up. Like life will have no meaning anymore. <laughs> ah. Well, see, that's one of the things I'm worried about is when I do find this book. I'll when be- you do find it, you right. just assume you're going to find it. Oh yeah, first. I'll find it first. But when I do, am, am I just going to give up on my collecting? Am I going to be like? Uh, oh, damn. I didn't think about that. Mm. That might be the one that just breaks a straw in the camel's back. Yeah, and I just said, like, okay, what, I'm done. What, you think you'd stop collecting after you found it? Well, I mean, Maybe. once you have the, 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 the book of all books, what else is there to do? There's always more comic books, man. You make a valid point, sir. <laughs> it's, all right. I, would, I mean, I, there, I wouldn't say there's any comic book out there that I would say would be the end-all, be-all of all oh, collecting actually, films. Now, well, I, I don't know. If I got well, an action now, one, I, I, I might say, give up. If I had an actual one or Amazing Fantasy 15 or Fantastic Four one, I might go, done, I'm done. Yeah, because <laughs> you'll have something that'll definitely right. be the pinnacle of your collection. Yeah, if I had one of the girls, I'd be like, I'm done. <laughs> Still, I don't think so, I'd stop. It's kind of it's kind of like when I went on vacation years ago and I was in Greece, and I was standing there at the Acropolis, and I just stood at her and I went, I'm done. <laughs> you know, it's... I could, I could never have another vacation. I'd have been happy. But anywho, all right, so before we move on, um, new releases. So Batman Damned number three finally came out. I'm going to have to go back and reread one and two because I seriously don't remember what happened now. It's been that long. I actually have not read number two yet. 
You were wait, well, I remember. I was you waiting say, for number three. So once I get number three, I'm going to go back and read one, and then read two for the and three right. for the first time. And then uh, our, I don't know about your guys' local comic shops out there if they were sold out of them. Ours did last week, but they also got back in um, Superman Year One, number one. Okay. But um, he picked it up at a show because he told me last week Diamond was sold out. So if you guys did find one at your comic shop today. Trust me, they didn't get that from Diamond. They went to a show and bought them. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, and, and they probably marked it up. We got lucky because our guy just went ahead and charged us retail for it. More than likely, he didn't pay retail to get it himself either. Um, but you never know. I, I have known him to, to take a hit on something to still be offered at price to people because he wasn't able to get enough the first time. Madman, we make some money today. You want me to pay the bills then? Absolutely. Sure, absolutely. So, uh, Lost in the Long Box is sponsored by Flashback Comics. Flashback Comics is located in Woodbridge, Virginia. They have tons of new comics, back issues, trade paperbacks, toys, and statues. You, uh, they are located at 3112 PS Business Drive, just off Smoketown Road. They are open Monday through Saturday from 10 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. And probably because they got to listen to the show, right? They got to be. Right. They got to close up so they can listen to our show. And on Sundays, they're open from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. Be sure to tell Troy that Lost in a Long Box sent you. Thank you, sir. You know, someday we need to bring Troy down here and yeah. have him guest yeah, on absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I mean, because he's, uh, uh, by the way, listeners, we do have a, a sister show out there now. The Comics Online podcast premiered Monday, this Monday. Um, and they're going to be live every Monday from 930 to 1030. Our, our buddy Kevin runs that. We've had Kevin as a guest on our show. So a little swapping back and forth there of hosts and shows and what have you. So. And now that he's got his up and running, I can foresee that probably in the future we're going to have a lot of cross-guesting. Like, we'll be there, he'll be here. So get ready for that. So. Yeah. Absolutely. So um, I gave you guys this um, topic, like, over the weekend. And then after I gave it to you, I started thinking about it. I went, crap, this is hard. <laughs> well, it was, too, <laughs> because, because you know, a few, if we had had this a few weeks ago before we got some of these news announcements, it would have been a lot easier because I right. could have used JSA. Right. I could have used the Legion of Superheroes. Right. And imagine know. how brilliant we'd have looked if we'd have did this three or four weeks ago and all of a sudden I they know. were we yeah. look like oh, yes. it, it could have been like, they were listening. <laughs> now it's just, So anyway, guys, the subject for tonight is titles or characters that were like, just bring them back already, okay? Um, so Ina said it wasn't hard for him, so he gets to go first. Show off. <laughs> well, one of my favorites growing up. I was actually exposed to this group in 1975. My great aunt bought me, from Baltimore, bought me a comic book featuring them. And I liked these guys, and I went back and looked at some of their stuff, and these guys were truly underrated and unsung characters during the period of World War II. And those are the Blackhawks. Oh, yes, I remember the Black House. I'm sorry, dude. Sorry. I'm, Tommy, I'm, I was getting bad misintention. I don't know if you actually lost the camera, but the monitor went out. So, yes. Yeah, we're back up. up now. Okay. And um, I w as I was saying, we were, um, one of the teams I would like to see come back, and they had a brief comeback during the New 52. Uh, very unsuccessful run, unfortunately. But I've always thought that these guys were were a great group because they were a proverbial melting pot of guys from different races, different countries, all brought together to fight for one common goal, and that was freedom and democracy. And 
with things, it, I would like to see them come back in something more updated with the way the things are in the world now and why with with this country being so divided as it is, it would be nice to see a team of heroes that's not that they necessarily have superpowers, but basically be brought together to fight for fight for one common goal and have these guys as pilots and the new updated planes and everything. If they really took the time and really made it real world like they should, instead of like doing it as an adventure book, I think it would give it will help give Black Hawk a whole new audience, but it would also whet the appetites to go back and read the stuff that was done by Reed Crandall, right. which was some great stuff. And then a little interesting, interesting tidbit. Kirk Allen, who was the first actor Batman. to play Superman on oh, screen. Superman. Who played Batman? Lewis I get, Wilson. I get him confused. Also played Black Hawk in the nineteen in the nineteen forties during the Columbia serials. Oh, and um, but he was a great character and one I like to see come back. And it was talk. I don't know how far it has gotten or where what's going to come of it. But Steven Spielberg has obtained the rights to the Black I Hawk. I saw that. Yeah. I think he's had him for a while too. Yeah, yes. and and they're talking and that and last year they were talking about actually going going to film this year to bring that to create a new movie franchise for the DC uni- live action universe or cinematic universe which would be great because that would be a nice little segue into introducing the JSA since this Absolutely. takes yeah, place no doubt. during World War II. Yeah, the really great thing too about the Blackhawks, if I remember correctly, I know they had um, a woman among their ranks. Lady yes, Black. Lady Black. But didn't they also have a person of color already, too, in an era when yeah. you didn't find teams that right. had people of color and women in their ranks? So right. they were groundbreaking there, too. Plus, they have a fantastic cameo in the season one finale of Justice League, Savage yep. Time. That yep. was – that was. A, yep. have you seen that one? You haven't I watched have not. Dude, I don't know why you're still on this show. You haven't watched any of the Justice League cartoons. I, I need to fire you. <laughs> you haven't <laughs> fired me in a long time. <laughs> How have you not watched those shows? You know what? I, I'm going to solve that. One of our topics is going to be best Justice League uh, uh, episodes. So that will force you to watch them. Yeah. Because I know Mad Men can get all over it. And there's also an episode on Justice League Unlimited featuring Black Hawk Island where there was the last surviving Black Hawk. Where, uh, right, because that was Vixen and Vigilante. Yep. and Yep. See all the great episodes you've missed? I see that. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to take the next one for characters that I wish would bring back. Um, by the way, some of these that I say I wish they would bring back, I mean bring back the way I remember them and elevate the character back to greatness because some of these characters are still being printed and they're still out there, but they're a shadow of their former self. Um, so one that I would really love to see, uh, I want Jessica Jones and Alias Investigations back. Oh, okay. That was a really great series. So she started like in 2001. Brian Michael Bendis wrote it. It was funny, too, because I remember when this book came out, was actually around the same time that Jennifer Garner's alias show was on ABC. Right. Um, so there was no correlation. You know, yeah, they, no they, relation. They just have the same name. But that was also um, her very first series, 28 issues of it, was the one that had the really great Purple Man saga in it that they used in Netflix, right? Mm-hmm. Don't, right. They, don't they have that First season story? of Netflix, yeah, it was exactly. the Purple Man. Yeah. He um, didn't go by the Purple Man. He went by Kilgrave. But right. Well, that's what he is in, yeah. the, in the comics, Kilgrave, and also called him the Purple Man. But yeah, no, he was never called the Purple Man, but he did have a tendency to wear purple, so there was that. I thought he was 
Uh, well, I'll have to take a look. But that was a really great series. And then they canned it, and they started this really stupid series called The Pulse, which only ran for like 14 issues. Um, and I, it was more kind of like when she was running like a, an online blog newspaper type of deal. Then they put her in New Avengers um, back in 2010 for like, you know, 34 issues. And I will freely admit, she was good in New Avengers. Yeah, that was a good run. Um, but then they did Jessica Jones series in 2016. And it had a short run because I think that was when Bendis was negotiating his contract with DC. Mm -hmm. um, right. But the original Jessica Jones series and her alias investigations where she was a private eye and she was out investigating things, especially the very first issue when she's being paid to follow this woman's husband and you find out it's Steve Rogers. Uh, I mean, that was just a, a, a really nice, gritty detective which you, story, which you didn't really get from Marvel all that much. Right. So I would like to see them bring that back. Jessica Jones, Alias Investigations, bring a little more mystery and, and not so much superheroics into the show. I mean, I was even okay when she was doing, when we found out that her superhero identity was Jewel and the Avengers and what have you. I was okay with the whole background. She used to be a former superheroine because you never actually knew her, just like the Sentry. Mm -hmm. You know, the whole history of, well, the character's always been there. We just don't really know her because they weren't that big of a character you know, in the Marvel Universe. Yeah. But, yeah. Sentry. So, yeah, I, I hate Century too. Yeah. But Jessica Jones, like I said, was a great character. Marvel, if you're listening, somebody pick that book up and bring it back to what it was with the alias investigations and uh, they're her. I don't want to be in the superhero life. I'm just here to, to make some money and, and live my own life. And that means getting a dirt on somebody else and so be it. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a good one. Who do you got? I have, along those lines similar, I would like to see a return to uh, Gotham Central personally. I thought this was a great run. Ed Brubaker and Greg Rucka, the men and women of the uh, Gotham Central Police Department, the work they do without the bat. Right. That was one of the few Gotham books where there's no bat in it. Right. I mean, he made a few appearances here and there, but it was not about him. It wasn't right. on him. And, I mean, honestly, the appearances he made, at some point, you had to have him show up. Right. You're in Gotham City. You know, and It's about the police department. At some point, the bat has to show up. Right, but my understanding, he was, because I've never read that title. But it's, um, a, oh, it's a great title. And everybody tells me I, I need to. Oh, yeah, no but doubt. But he was always a, a background figure. Yeah, he was completely in the background. It was about the men and women of the Gotham Central Police Department. You had people like Renee Montoya, Crispus Allen, uh, you know, doing their doing their investigations and everything to the into the various crimes without the bat. Um, an excellent series. And if I remember correctly, because um, Renee Montoya is a big character in that, is this the one where we find out that she's gay? Did yes. They reveal that yeah. yeah, they reveal in there that okay. she's gay. She is outed during the series. She later goes on to be the, the new question in the 52 right. series. Oh, she was so awesome as a question. That was a fantastic, yes. fantastic part of that series. I liked Renee Montoya That's a lot. what I'd actually like. Bring her back as a question because she fit that role perfectly. Well, you know, that's one of the things that really excited me about Gotham in season one. She was a character there. Right. And, and you expected they, something big to happen. With right. Her. And I was really hoping to see a lot more of her because she is a personal favorite. I, I do like Renee Montoya a lot. And, I, you know, she was great as the question. And she was great in this series as well. So it's a little disappointing when she wasn't used after, like, three or four episodes in season And, you know, one. I even think when they did New 52 and Detective became a Batwoman book, mm -hmm. I want to say in the early days of that, we find out that Katie Keene, who was Batwoman, was involved with Renee yes, Montoya at the very beginning of before they she split. Was. Because it's, I, I think Renee knew, says, look, I, I can't take life with another Bat person. This isn't going to work. Yeah, they were involved. They were. Yeah, but this is an excellent series. Oh, I'd, love, I'd love to see it come back. Batwoman. Batwoman. Bat, Bat yeah, Woman. Katie Keene from New 52. Right. Well, no, well, Enos is thinking because, yes, the original Batwoman was Katie Keene again. And then, yeah. and then they phased her out, and that's when we got Barbara Gordon as Batgirl. But, yes, there was 
So that's why we got Katie Keenan in New 52 is back one because there was one way before that. So. Yeah. So there. Yes, yeah, so it was her. And I mean, I, I'd love to see. You know, even a, even if like you said, even if we didn't get a Gotham Central, even if we got a Question Series featuring Renee Montoya, I'd be down for that. That would be great too. Yep. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, man, that would be awesome. And you know, I think they'd even tossed a ooh 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 lightning strikes, uh, a black label Gotham Central series. Oh, yeah. Man. How awesome would that be? That'd be pretty cool. Especially if you have it focus on, say, the crimes of, like, Joker or Two-Face, but have it always be the background, have it be, like, the investigation after it's happened, mm -hmm. you know? So you never actually see them. You never actually see Batman. It's always an afterthought. Like, they're, they're getting handed the mess after they've been there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're dealing with the paperwork two weeks after Batman right, already exactly. threw them back in Arkham or something. Right. right, and then while they're doing the paperwork, Renee and Chris was like, does something about this add not add up to you? And like, well, the Joker, they never add up. No, I mean, like, some of the evidence is not is not consistent with the report type of thing. Ooh, damn. Ooh. Uh, yeah, it'd be great I, I need them. to leave. I got to go home and start writing this. And, and you know, they could bring, <laughs> I'd like to see them bring back, uh, you know, the, the, the original creative team, too. You know, Rucka and, uh, and Brubaker. Yeah, that would be good. I, think I don't think that's going to happen, but I would love to yeah. see that. Well, didn't uh, Christmas get killed and become the Spectre for a while? He did. He did. Yes. He did. That was well. That was a new fifty-two thing. Christmas yeah. Allen dies and becomes the Spectre. And all right, hey, Madman, you got anything out there? Bring back the power pack. Oh, really? Uh. No, <laughs> you're the only one in the that's room, the only brother. Thing I, that's the only <laughs> thing I could think of. Well, you know, we say that, but they did bring him back. But uh, they were teenagers the last time they came around, right? Right. So, but again, it didn't, uh, you know, I'm going to go ahead and, and I'll see your power pack and I'll up you a Dazzler. Dazzler? <laughs> Dazzler. <laughs> Only if it's the 1970s Dazzler. Oh, yeah, of course. With the disco ball with and the, the disco skates. skates yeah, the hair. Yeah, bring me that one. Give me that Dazzler. Not the one from A-Force, which is another one. Bring back A-Force. Did you read A-Force? I did not. The all-women Avengers team with She-Hulk and Captain oh, yeah. Marvel. and That was a great book. I saw it on the stands, but I didn't. I never picked it up. I mean, it, you know, it had a bunch of characters in it that I liked, so I mean, I, I don't see any reason why I wouldn't have enjoyed the, it. The but. only... The, the, what killed that book, ironically, was Hickman drawn on Avengers and leading into Secret Wars because they had the current version of Captain Universe, even though the, the girl who has it in this one is little, you know, not quite all there. Um, but that bled right into Secret Wars and the whole dissembling of the, of the worlds and the, the incursion type of thing. But yeah. that would be a great series to bring back, too. How about Mr. Oh, yeah. T and the T-Force? There you go, Mr. T. Do, 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 do. Wow. Now, who did that? That was, hang on, hang on, hang on. That was on. a Saturday morning cat oh, cartoon. Now, Turbo Kid. Comics, that was uh, a Star Comics production from Marvel, yeah. right? No, yeah, it's based on the Saturday now, morning cartoon, it was wasn't going, it? That was done by Now Comics. Was it now? And uh, Neil Adams did the art for the first issue. Oh, wow. wow. I did not know that. That'd Neil Adams on Mr. T and the T-Force. I pity fool. You should, Neil you should, Adams, draw me. You should take a, you should take a, a, a Mr. T and a T Force number one to, to Neil Labs to see if he signs it and see what he says. If I can find one, I will. He, I, I don't typically pay for autographs, but I will pay for Neil would, Adams autograph on a Mr. T he and the T Force number one. He would probably one. be like, "I will really? do that." All the books I did, you want me to sign? This? Yes, I do because I will probably be the only person with a Neil Adams signature <laughs> on a Mr. T and the T Force one. It's like Sheldon Cooper wanting Stanley to sign this month's Superman. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm doing it at well, Dragon Con. Well, you guys were talking about um, other characters. Um, how about Spider Woman? The original Spider Woman. I had Jessica Drew down here yeah. in the white, in the red and yellow. I want back the original Jessica Drew, not the thing that they, now. Apparently, she is going to be back in Savage Avengers. Mm -hmm. No, not Savage Avengers. Um, Strike Force. Okay. Um, but I want the original Jessica Drew back. I want her in a solo book. 
Um, they had one a couple years ago that Bendis was doing, and then was it Bendis? It was Bendis. Oh, yeah. No, there was one. That was one before that that got cut. There was another one that came back, and then they turned around and put her in that, I need that really book. weird suit where they were basically ripping off Burnside Batgirl. That's what they were trying to do. And, yeah. And I, that's when the book went right down the tubes. Yeah, the, la- the last Spider-Woman book that I tried to read, I couldn't get into. I wanted to because I used to when I used to play Marvel Ultimate Alliance on my Xbox, she was my favorite character. So I really, really wanted to get into one of her one of her stories and everything like that because I I really liked her on the game. But the one that was coming out, I guess it was probably the Bendis run. I couldn't get into. She she was at her best when she was in the New Avengers run. That, oh, yeah. that was a great run for that character. But we definitely need to get a, a regular Jessica Drew. Um, and you know who else you need to bring back? If you're going to bring back a Jessica Drew regular series, you need to pull in a high evolutionary. Oh, yeah. Since you found out her origin was so closely tied to him, he needs to be a regular in that book. And as someone who recently picked up her first appearance at AwesomeCon, I would very much like her to become a huge presence in the Marvel Universe. Oh, yeah. So your book value goes up? Yes. I, I have one, too, so you're not getting one over on me. I have a, 30, I have a Spotlight 32 and the full run of the very first series. So. I'd like to get, the, you know, to, get, to get her first series, too. Yes, I have those also. So. I would like to see Adam Warlock come back. Yep, there you go. Yeah, we haven't Adam seen him Warlock for a long time. Nope. It's... We haven't seen him for a while. And he didn't even make an appearance um, in the whole Secret Wars thing. Would you think that would have been a, an obvious place for him to show up? Right. Wow. Right. So, yeah. so, so, so I guess they're just waiting for him to get his, uh, for him to get greenlit to make a movie appearance, and then next thing you know, we're probably oh, going to be all get, over the place. We're, be, we're, we're I, probably going to get bombarded with Adam Warlock. I have a feeling that Enos is right on that. Marvel's just waiting till he shows up in the MCU, and then they're going to pull out the movie version in the comics. Mm-hmm. So. You know what they need to do? They need to bring back Starlin to do him. Oh yeah, they probably won't. No, no they're not going to do that because that's what saying, they the, as we used to say in the Air Force, it's too much like right. Yeah, it would make too much sense. So yeah. you can't do that, right? All right, so wow, I was about to say we kind of got off topic, but we stayed on topic while we got it off topic. That how how does that work? So character I want to bring back. Um, and I know I'm probably the only guy out there who read this, but back when New 52 was started and they tried all these new titles, one of the ones that only went 12 issues, but I actually really liked it, was Voodoo, um, written by Ron Morris at the time. Um, she actually premiered with Wildcats, I which, was say, which I didn't know that. about the exotic dancer from Wildcats? Yes, that's exactly who it was. So they actually mentioned she was the exotic dancer from Wildcats, and then... There was a brief four-issue miniseries done by Alan Moore, of all people. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, the New 52 was Ron Mars and Sammy Basri, I think, was the artist. Um, but it was the same thing. She was an exotic dancer, but they changed her origin a little bit. She was a, a half-human Damonite hybrid right. who worked as a Damonite spy, and she was uh, a shapeshifter. And so she was using that to blend with humans and basically learn intelligence about metahumans and what their resistance they were going to meet was. But you find out reading the book that she had actually stolen the identity of a real, um, what's her name, uh, Priscilla Catan. Um, so they actually end up meeting in the storyline. So it becomes a battle royale between the two of them, and she's chasing her down. So like I said, I was probably the only person out there reading it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't read it. So. But, I didn't either, but I knew who, you, who knew who you were talking about. But I think it might be available in trade. If it is, go out and pick it up. It was a great series. That would be That would be so great if you had a strong woman writer handling it. Like, give it you to Gail Simone, Simone and watch her take off with it. There you go. Or Kelly Sue DeConnick. Kelly Sue DeConnick. 
I'd be on board, definitely be on board for Gail Simone. has been doing in Aquaman lately? Uh, no, I wanted to jump on when it started, and I missed it, so I'm going to have and to get the trades. And I forgot to tell you just during the news, there's a big hullabaloo that's going on in Aquaman right now. And uh, Mira's pregnant. Oh, okay. Hmm. Well, now see, that's kind of weird, because I know that at the end of the um, Atlantis storyline, mm-hmm. the Atlantis Rising, Arthur ends up in like another realm, another dimension, mm-hmm. right, with no memory of who he actually is. Right. Um, but I thought, if I remember reading correctly, Mara knew who he was. Yeah. Um, but he had no memory. So, yeah, I, I really wanted to jump on board when I found out Kelly Sue DeConnick was taking over that. Um, so I'll, I'll just have to start getting the trades. Because I was looking at it last night where, and I'm going to try to find the one uh, that came out last week where she tells, um, announces that she is pregnant. Uh, but um, I was reading uh, 48 last night, and I was they showed um, Mother Shark was helping Arthur get his memory back, remembering all, and and come to find out Mira tried to kill him. So it's not it's interesting to see where that's going to go. Yeah, I would I would really like to read that. Well, because remember there was some bit of animosity between Mira and Arthur there for quite a while. Right. And I wouldn't be surprised because again I haven't been reading the run if she's still not a little ticked at him now after the whole events of Atlantis Rising. Right. Because he more or less solves that by sacrificing Atlantis at the at the end right. of it, right? So, right. all right, Tommy, what do you got for characters? So this is one I want to, I, I really want to see back, and I know he is actually being used right now. He's been, he was pro- featured prominently in Heroes in Crisis. But I need booster. a new, I need a new booster gold ongoing yes, series. Yes, we do. I, I really do. I, I need, I need him back. I need him and Rip Hunter back. You know, doing the time travel thing. You know. A man and his dad, you know, going through time, trying to trying to keep keep things in place. That was a great, great series. Need, need Skeets back. Need Skeets back. You know, and and I kind of want him to do be the greatest superhero you've never heard of. Right. You know, still acting like the goof, even though he's actually a legitimate hero. You know, have him have him the public face be the corporate shill. You know, that's but behind really, the scenes, actually doing you know a lot of good. That was a really great episode of Justice League Unlimited. Whether. Oh, that's right. You haven't watched that series. Oh, yeah, Never. I haven't seen that series. <laughs> Don't be a jerk. <laughs> anyway, it's the same thing with Booster Gold. All the Justice League are out fighting the real crime, and guess who's doing crowd control three blocks over? Booster Gold. <laughs> Booster Gold. That's right. <laughs> and yep. if you're going to bring somebody back to write it, might as well bring his creator, Dan Jurgens. Right. I would be good with Jurgens. I'd. I, Jeff Johns had a fantastic run with him first. Yep. And just don't put Giffen on cousin. him. Don't right. don't put Giffen on him. I, so, uh, that was the worst part about that run. Was, so was here's Keith a question. Giffen. If you were to bring back Booster Gold, would you want to resurrect Ted Cord Blue Beetle and put oh, him back together? Oh, hell yes. I'll say that. I don't <laughs> I don't know if I'd want to resurrect him, but be, him being a time traveler, you got to get Ted in there. Right. The blue and the gold have got to get back together. I have together. never liked the kid they replaced him with. I, I've hated him since I mean, day. Yeah. Jaime is like you want to like him. But he's a, he's a completely different character. Right. Yeah, yeah. He, he's not Ted. Yeah, right. he's not Ted. Well, plus too, his powers are all coming from this mystic scarab, right? Um, and there's no reason you Which could is cool. It right. is cool, but it's not Blue Beetle. It's not, no, yeah. it's not Blue yeah, Beetle. he's not Ted Cord. When you know, when when um they started talking about Cord Industries and stuff like that and Supergirl, I was getting a little excited there for a while, and then we never kind of heard from him again. So, do you remember? Here, let's, let's test your memory. Justice League, um, the comedy series by Giffen. Mm-hmm. What was the name of the island that Booster and and uh, Booster Gold bot. I don't remember. Cooey, cooey, cooey. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Maybe they could fight the villain Estragino <laughs> on that island. <laughs> uh, Keith, Keith, honestly, I'll, I'll say this. Keith is not a bad writer. I just, I don't always like his humor. Right. 
So that's that's the the thing about it. When he's not trying to be like over the top funny, he can actually you know do a pretty good story. I, I think everyone will just admit that his crowning moment was Batman one punching guy. And it, oh yeah, <laughs> he yeah. just couldn't top it from there. Because some of the stuff he did in this the series fifty two for Booster Gold was really good. Right. Yeah, when he wasn't trying to be over the top well, funny and everything. Well, you have to remember he did some really great stuff with Legion of Superheroes before all that too. Yeah. So if he's not going for the comic angle, he's a fantastic writer. He's a fantastic writer. Yeah, I mean, I'd be fine with him bringing him back if he was, you know, not trying to do stuff like the villain called Estrogena. Right. So, yeah. I mean, I don't care trying to be a little funny because, you know, with Booster and Ted, you kind of got to have a little bit of ha-ha in there. Right. But, you know, just tone it down a bit. Right. Have, the, have them you know, joke around. Be, be like Spider-Man level yeah. until stuff is getting serious. And they're like, okay, we actually need to pay attention to what we're doing or someone's going to die. And right. it could be us. Right. Th- that would be good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You know, you know who I really want to see him bring back to while we're on this subject? Because um, I, I can't tell you the last time we've seen this guy. I think we might have had a brief showing of him um, during New 52 or Rebirth. I, I really don't remember. I'd have to go Google it. I want Etrigan the Demon back. Yeah, he was a really good character. I, I love gone, that character. Gone the form of man, arise the, the demon Etrigan. Yeah, yeah, and I he love can always the way speak he talked. Who yeah. did that voice on that episode of Batman animated series? I I don't know. I don't got um, it either, Enos. Batman? I have no idea. Billy Zane. I oh, knew you okay. Did. Really? Wow. Billy Zane. Your, your, your knowledge is all encompassing, Edith, so we knew you. Now, is this the same Billy Zane from Titanic the Phantom, the Phantom, and the Phantom? The, Phantom yeah. the, one, the one and only. And, and he was and also. It's, and it's like he doesn't disguise his um, anything. Billy, uh, You know, Billy Zane is probably the most, as far as the genre, the most underappreciated guy that's, you know, actor that's been part Absolutely. of this. They don't give this guy the props, and I don't care what anybody said. To hell with Jesse Eisenberg. He is the guy that should have been Lex Luthor oh, been in Batman versus Luthor. Superman. Yep. Well, let's be honest here. Most people would have been better than Eisenberg. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, well, and I don't necessarily think Eisenberg's a bad actor. I've well, seen him in some stuff that watch I Watch now, as Randy actually defends Jesse Eisenberg, I was okay with it if, if it was going to be the case of he was Alexander Luther II. Right. And right. the original bald Luther was the one that was dad. But they don't do that. They they instead go yeah. the other route and make him the bald Luther. I was really hoping it was going to be Alexander Luther II, and right. he was a clone. I would right. have been perfect with that. Oh my and, goodness, I read but I will say earlier. this: Eisenberg did redeem himself in Justice League for that little snippet at the, at the end, very end. When at the very end, when too bad we're not going to see a follow up on that. Tell you know? me about it. Mm. I know. Yeah, I, I love that old Alexander Lu- that Luther being clone storyline. That was great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, he, and he was he was. Dating Supergirl, who was a clone of Lana Lang from yeah. Rocket oh, no. Dimension. Well, no, uh, Supergirl was, was the Matrix prototype was the from Matrix the second from prototype. the other she universe. Was a shapeshifter. Yeah. I mean, yeah, all, right. all that storyline needed was someone to have amnesia and you'd have a daytime soap. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what was great? So, so now I'm going to sidebar for just a wee bit. You know how they finally revealed that Alexander Luther? What? Well, didn't reveal, but the great villain moment is the entire time he has convinced the world that you know. That was my dad, mate. I'm not him, you know, and all this. And then Death of Superman, he, he gets the body back from start from Cadmus, and he tells Lois and his Supergirl, may I have a moment alone, please? Yeah. And they and, leave, and, then he, and he just looks at, and there's a whole panel where he's doing nothing but looking at it, and then finally he goes, gotcha. He said, 
and I'm finally rid of you, you sanctimonious pain. Because he says, I may not be the man who killed you, but I can make sure I'm the man who buries you. And you're just like, Damn! yeah. And, 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 and it was just like, you. Yeah, that was that was a great moment. But anyway, back to Etrigan. Um, I really loved the way he did everything in rhyme. Do you remember the series they launched in the 80s when they had the all-musical episode, uh, all-musical issue? No. So all the all the dialogue at the beginning of each little soliloquy, whatever, they actually told you in, you know, asterisk, sung to the tune of. And so oh, all the dialogue, oh, it was oh. a musical issue. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And you found John your Byrne worked on. There was a series during two, the, the 2000s that he worked on too. And, and you found yourself singing the song when you were reading. I'm gonna go look for that issue in a couple weeks from over there, and I'm gonna buy four copies of it if I can. Um, but you know, while we're at it with Etrigan and the Demon, just can Justice League Dark and bring back Shadow Pack. Because I thought that was a great um, dark mystery book. And why did you have to go rebrand it as a Justice League book? It worked fine as, as Shadow Pack, especially when you got all those characters in it, like Detective Chimp, and you got um, who else was in that? Nightshade. Nightshade. Blue Demon was in it, wasn't he? Blue Devil. Blue, Blue Devil. Devil. Right. Yeah. That's another character that. Blue Demon's gets, a pro wrestler. That gets, yeah, no yeah. wrestling on the show. All right. So. Um, <laughs> and and um, sidebar. I met the co-creators of Blue Devil, Gary Cohn and Paris Collins at Galaxy Con. Two of the greatest guys, and and they um, if I get can invest in some equipment, they're going to be my first interview when I go back there next year. Did you? I say, did you give them our Lost of Longbox card I and say have, we would? I gave them my information. I didn't have the cards, but I gave. Um, they looked up, looked us up on um on their phone. So. Um, I, so and I'm you know I'm friends with Gary Cohn on Facebook and hopefully Paris will accept my friend request as well so I can hook them up. Well, guys, if you're listening, maybe we can have you as a guest sometime. We do have in call-in capability because you know we are in a new millennium here. We ain't running no 20th century podcast. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah, it reminds me of what what my uh, high school teacher told me back in 1995. She said, "You're never going to be a podcast star." And I'm just like every single day that I'm shoving it in their face. Well, wait a minute. Was there a podcast in 1990? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mad Man does it again. I had to, I had to math Mad that Mad out for a second. <laughs> wait, 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 wait a minute. There really wasn't an internet to speak of in 1995. Well, kind of, maybe, but not really. <laughs> yeah, I guess there was, just not like there is today. Right. Well. It was all dial-ups and BBS systems. Oh, yeah. It would take forever to download a podcast back Right, then. exactly. That was almost right on par as the episode where he said we were talking about what happened in World War II. And he said, Dave, well, thanks for the, that's a good use of my tax dollars. And I said, man, you weren't even hearing. <laughs> right. <during the, laughs> what was I going to say? Oh, when you talk about podcast 1990, you'd be downloading a LimeWire. Remember LimeWire? Oh, my <laughs> God, LimeWire. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> now you go into the past. Yeah, right yeah. Now, and, and guys, um, we were talking about Etrigan, very interesting character. And it's like, it's always a good story when he shows up. Mm-hmm. Right. I've never read, I've never read a dull um, demon story. My first exposure to him actually came in the pages of The Brave and the Bold. Remember, we talked about Mike W. Barr mm-hmm. being an unsung artist or an unsung writer. And like I was saying, the one thing I loved about Mike W. Barr, before you picked up that book, you may not have gave a damn about the character, but once you finished reading it, you just had to go get more. He definitely knew how to whet your appetite. There are not a lot of writers that do that. Right, yeah. And But who created the demon? 
Jack Kirby. That's Which Jack- leads me into my team that I like to see come back. He created this team as well. The Challengers of the Unknown. Oh, absolutely, oh, yeah. yes. That was such a Man, great book. I, they were just four regular guys, but it was just like the concept was so cool. Each one of them had near-death experiences, and they all were feeling as if they were living on borrowed time. So they would go out and tackle these crazy, crazy assignments. Crazy hard things to do. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's like things that no one else would survive, but they would do it. Well, you know what was so great about it? It had that feel of all those great 60s sci-fi shows when yes, you assemble exactly. a team of experts to, right. to tackle that weird situation. And you're like, nobody in their right mind would do this, but these people are suiting up and like, send us in. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And, 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 they would, and I would like to see them kind of like be – not just guys that will show up, but they're kind of like in the, like we were talking about the Dark Avengers. There's, these are the guys that go where nobody else will. That would be a great book premise for the challenges of, for the current modern day challenges of the unknown. I would even go so far as to say that book was the reason we got like Secret Avengers and Dark Avengers and why we're now getting Strike Force and, 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 uh, what's, oh, Crap, what's the other one's coming out? Savage Avengers. Savage Avengers. So, I mean, that, that book paved the way for it. You know, you actually can't have a team that handles the stuff that the big heroes are like, nah, that's too weird for us. It's not that important. You guys go get it. Right. And one of the prominent members was featured in the animated feature, The New Frontier. Yep. Ace Morgan. Yep. It's funny, too. I didn't read that book, but that was a great cartoon. Oh, yeah. The book's the book's pretty much the exact same thing. Yeah. It's just longer. They There's a story about uh, John Henry. They, yeah. they covered that mm-hmm. a little bit more in the book, and that's about yeah, it. Yeah, and, and, and um, there was a part um, that, that they did not show in the book, in the, in the animated feature that was in the book that I'm glad they left out. Yeah. And it, it, um, that was the only part about that book that uh, kind of like got under my skin. What a great talent Darwin Cook was. Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And he is truly missed. Well, he was, he was uh, clearly in love with the Silver Age. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. The, the Silver Age influenced so many people when you get in the comics. Absolutely. I don't know about yeah. our, our listeners out there, but everybody in this room cut our teeth on Silver and Bronze Age oh, books. Yes. Oh, yes. So. Most definitely. You know, we're going to have to do that for one of our episodes. We're going to have to talk about all the, the great DC cartoons. Um, because say what you will about their live-action movies, they knock it out the park when it comes to the animated stuff. Yes, sir. Um, they really do. And we're going to have to do a, a show on um, the Darwin Cook New Frontier and a lot of those great short stories. Like, you know, another one that would be really awesome to talk about um, now that Superman Year One is all the rage? Superman for All Seasons. Oh, yeah. That was a great book as well. And Batman Hush is coming, ladies and gentlemen. If you were a fan of that um storyline by jeff Loeb and jim lee it is getting the dc animated universe treatment and it is being released earlier so it'll be available august the 9th i believe sweet you nice. know what else is really good too was when they did the animated version for uh under the red hood that's even, the best oh even though you knew the secret of it it was still a great movie especially the scene when um Jason has kidnapped Joker, and he kicks open the closet door, and he's even asking Batman, why is he still alive? Right. And you're just like, he has got you. He has got a point here, Bruce. Yeah, and, and it was like, and there, if, if there was, if I had to say there was an animated feature that could do no wrong, it was that. 
Yeah. We're going to, you know what, I'm going to jot this down. We're going to talk about a lot of the DC animated features. We might get like two months out of these because so, so many of those movies were so good. Um, but next week, guys, is a special episode because Tuesday, Spider-Man Far From Home is opening. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have tickets for that. So we will be seeing Spider-Man Far From Home, and we will be discussing it on Wednesday um, next week. So sorry, guys. Spoiler, you might want to wait till after you've seen the movie for next week's episode. Or if you don't care, like some of the friends that I have out there who will listen anyway, next week we're going to be covering Far From Home. We're, we're almost out of time. I just want to get a few um, couple things out really quickly here. Um, we want to make sure we hear from you guys at lostandlongbox at gmail.com. Want to thank all of our listeners out there. You have, I think, we're pushing close to 3,000 subscribers now, possibly. Wow. Um, and as and as a result of that, we do know that we're going to have to get bigger, start doing some more stuff. Um, and unfortunately, here comes the pitch for money, guys, because that means to do more things, to have more content. We now have to start looking at getting the moolah for it. Um, so. We do have a Patreon now, patreon.com slash lostinthelongbox. If you want to contribute, help us uh, meet some few finances. I know there's a couple of things we've already got um, in the pipe that we want to take care of. Um, I do have it set as um, different donor levels, $5, $10, what have you. Um, but if you don't want to do the monthly payment, if you actually just click be a patron, you can do one-time um, subscriptions. Uh, we actually have a couple that I think are really cool. We have the... buy-in, where you can actually give us a subject. Tell us, hey, here's $100. I want you guys to discuss this topic. Um, If you have a business or a shop or something, $60 will get you a month of advertising. So you pay your $60, tell us your name of your shop, what you want us to to mention, and we'll do a 30-second cold read um, every week um, on the show, which is four episodes, five if it's one of those mutant months with the the five uh, weeks in it. Um, another one I kind of really think is cool is um, if you're watching our video feed, you'll notice that I'm always wearing some type of superhero-related T-shirt. Duh, see, I stand up here. Um, I have one called 20 and a T. So for $20 plus a T-shirt that you have to provide, guys, um, I will wear or Enos or Tommy will wear a T-shirt of your band, of your business, your website, your comic, what have you. And not only will we wear it on the show for the video, we'll call it out specifically on the show and bring attention to it. Um, but as we're talking about the Patreon, too, um, Tommy, I do need to have a quick discussion with you on the Patreon. Okay. Um, I'm going to need you to start going to the gym and start eating a lot of fish and chicken <laughs> and steamed vegetables and cut out the sweets and the sugars. What? Because I am going to put up for $1,000, Tommy does a show naked. Oh, okay. So <laughs> yeah. I need you to get buffed. <laughs> <laughs> so. And $10,000 for not doing it. Right, exactly. <laughs> but anyway, you probably would have better luck, you know, getting people to donate for me to not do it naked. Yep. Exactly, that's why it's ten thousand. Yeah. <laughs> but so we do have, uh, like I said earlier, we got a couple of sister shows here now on FXBG Public Radio. Our friend Kevin is now doing the Comics Online podcast Mondays from nine thirty to ten thirty. Um, our buddy Madman's got Shock Monkey Radio every Tuesday night at six uh, at six o'clock. I actually caught, I had a typo here. I said 6.30. I caught it before I said for a madman. Aren't you proud of me? Thank you. We also have two affiliated Facebook groups that our boy Enos is running, Batman Yesterday, Today, and Forever, and the realm of superheroes, comics, and pop culture. Badoom, who got and it? I'm thinking about, cre- <laughs> I was thinking about last night doing a, creating another page that'll be for the Lost in the Long Box Network, dealing with um, superhero teams, Justice League, Avengers, what have you. So I haven't really decided what I'm going to do as of yet, um, but um, I'll make an announcement with that. And also, 
Um, we'll I will talk with the guys afterwards about making an announcement about uh, my character. Oh, cool, and, awesome, um, and and some things that I want to do with that, which and which could involve you listeners being a part of it. And I'm not just talking about a one-time thing. I'm talking about having a hand in the creative process if you are an artist. So you're gonna be doing I'm, the doll each for hero bit, eh? And, and I'm going to. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to be probably by the end of the month, end of July, either on the, the last show for the month of July, I will be give, giving a rundown of what I'm looking for, the character, and where you can contact me in reference to that. So if you're an artist and you're trying to break into comics, as all of us are, hopefully I may be laying down the ground, laying the groundwork and opening the door for both of us to get in and do some things. Awesome. So we're out of time, but until next time, we'll be down here thinking Superman, Superboy, Supergirl, Power Girl, Zod, Ursa, Fiora, Non, Jaxor, Bottle City of Candor. So much for that last son of Krypton crap, huh? Yeah, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Why, Madman? Because we are lost in the long box. Yes, we are. Thanks, guys. Have night, a good everyone. night, folks.